You have to remember that the Prophet ﷺ never avenged. I mean, there's hadiths about this that Prophet ﷺ never avenged anything that was done against himself. You know, there were people who opposed him. There were people who, uh, there were people who threw things at him. There were people who tried to harm him in many ways. But he never, he never avenged any of that. The only time he would avenge something is if it was somebody had aggressed against the religion, because that was not his. Re- that that was not his to forgive. That was. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that was Allah's deen here to defend that. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin Amma ba'd قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد ونزعنا ما في صدورهم من غل. So our respected sisters, um, we're going to continue with the discussion that we started last time regarding bad thoughts about others and just basically creating uh, an environment of hate and hating others, holding. Holding bad thoughts about others and not letting them go and then obviously that affects us I discussed and that lecture should be up on Zamzam Academy soon inshallah But today what we're trying to discuss is how to get rid of these thoughts So last time we were trying to say whether we actually have these kind of thoughts and whether we have this problem And whether we need to do something about it or not Because a lot of people don't recognize that they have this problem Some people do, they just don't know what to do about it So today, just quickly, we've got a lot of questions So I'm just going to quickly go through several points Inshallah, that will be, hopefully that will help us to try to understand how to clear our hearts Because a clear heart is just so much easier to live with When we don't have clear hearts, it's very, very difficult We're carrying burden with us We're carrying... An extra weight, too much weight And it's bad for us psychologically, spiritually, physiologically, mentally It's bad in every aspect and people want, they just don't know how to do it So first and foremost, we have to recognize that we have an issue And number two, we need to have an intention, a full intention and then a motivation that I need to get rid of this I need to be pure hearted and clean hearted and I don't want to carry any baggage that is probably the most important thing is to it has to be based on an intention and a will and a desire to make that difference uh, and uh, i think a simple example for that is uh, many of us we use the bathroom we use the toilet and it's a place where we go and we actually come out clean because we intend to be clean so we intend, intend to purify and cleanse ourselves so we actually come out cleaner sometimes than when we went inside on the other hand, there's some people who go all the way to Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara. They go for Umrah or whatever, but they, they don't shed the impurity that they're carrying. The psychological, mental impurity that they're carrying. And they actually come back still soiled even though they've gone to the most pure place. That's why intention in this regard, a desire and a will makes a big difference. That you can go into the worst place and come back clean. And you go into one of the best places and you can still come back dirty and soiled. May Allah help us against such a thing. Look, there is this idea that you can give as much as good as you get and uh, to reciprocate. 
that idea is there. Somebody throws a stone at you, throw a brick at them. I guess that's what people say. However, as believers, as mu'mineen, as people with iman, as people with a focus on the hereafter who believe they're going to go there and they're going to stand in front of Allah and Allah's going to decide whether they go to paradise or hellfire and our actions are going to be looked at, the state of our heart is going to be, uh, is going to be assessed. So for, 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 for us, believers need to always be in mainly the state of forgiveness. That we would rather forgive than not to forgive. That is what is recommended and that we get that from the Prophet ﷺ. Clean-heartedness, gentleness, clean-heartedness, love for others, what you love for yourself. These are the mottos of Islam. These are the policies of Islam. This is the characteristic of Islam. And this is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ demonstrated. You have to get something off your chest, get it off your chest. But then after that, don't keep it inside. I mean, that's, that's really one way, you know, because sometimes you can't just keep everything inside. That's not good for you as well. You do need to take it out sometimes. So one policy is just to get it out and then that's it. It's out. It's finished. And then you're back to normal, right? I mean, this is, of course, in cases where you're not being troubled, uh, where you're not being, there's not a constant irritation, constant uh, vendetta against somebody. You have to remember that the Prophet ﷺ never avenged. I mean, there's hadiths about this, that the Prophet ﷺ never avenged anything that was done against himself. You know, there were people who opposed him, there were people who, uh, there were people who threw things at him, there were people who tried to harm him in many ways, but he never, he never avenged any of that. The only time he would avenge something is if it was somebody had aggressed against the religion, because that was not his, that, that was not his to forgive. That was... From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that was Allah's deen here to defend that One of the uh, biggest examples of this to be honest I mean, You must have heard this incident So I'm, I don't have to go into it in, you know, in complete detail uh, When the Prophet was on his way to Makkah Mukarramah right? And they were going to just enter Makkah Mukarramah After they had been actually thrown out and uh, exiled and evicted from there And forced to leave from there So one of the Sahaba, one of the Ansar, Sa'd ibn Ubadah Anhu. When he must have met Abu Sufyan Who had been the leader of Makkah at the time So when he saw him He was in a little contingent of the Ansar Of the helpers And he said, he made this statement I mean he was probably very excited I cannot completely understand where he was coming from Saying Al-yawma yawmul malhama Al-yawma tustahallul hurma Today is the day of Intense fighting. This is today is the day of murder, like killing, complete killing. And today is the day when all of the things that they hold sacred and and sanctified, that's going to be permissible for us. That mean, you know that could be that could be taken in any meaning. You know, uh, generally people are worried that their women will be raped, their children will be killed and abused and things like that. This is generally what happens. And then he said, Today is the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has humiliated the Quraysh. Abu Sufyan, he met the Prophet sallallahu and he said, Ya Rasulullah, haven't you heard what Sa'ad is saying? Because he's obviously worried for the people, right? So what did he say? He said, this is what, these were his statements. So the Prophet sallallahu found that really dis- distasteful. And he said, instead he said, so look at the way he changed it. Changed it. Sa'ad had said, "Al-yawm al-malhama." 
Al-Yawm means today and Yawm means today, the day. So today is the day of absolute murder, malhama. The Prophet ﷺ changed that so creatively. He said, Today is the day of mercy from Rahmah. Today is the day of mercy. Today Allah is actually going to honor the Quraysh. He's not going to put them down. He's going to honor them with Islam. Coming under Islam now, that's honor. You see, the Prophet ﷺ is always looking at things in a very, very positive way. And Allah will venerate the Kaaba. We'll have it now, you know, totally freed from all of the mushrikeen and will be venerated. And then after that, he sent a messenger to Sa'ad radiallahu anhu. And he took the flag. Uh, he took the flag that he was holding for his little contingent. He took it off him and had it given to his son instead. Qais was his son. He had it given to his son. This is really, really interesting that the Prophet ﷺ so creatively sorted the situation out. You see, Abu Sufyan, they just come into Islam now and the people of Makkah are there. You had to mend their hearts. You had to make them feel comfortable about being Muslim. So the Prophet ﷺ honored him by these statements, by just changing the words just slightly to say, no, 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 today is actually the day of mercy. We're not going to hold, even though this is the... Same city that we were thrown out of and we were not allowed uh, to come and perform Umrah in that one year and so many things that happened, we been persecuted and so many disadvantages, so much persecution, so much wrong and, and oppression had taken place. But this is what's, this is, uh, what's going to happen today. And then he didn't completely put down Sa'ad radiyam. He actually just took the flag from him as a slap on his wrist and said, okay, give it to your son. He'll, lead, he, he'll hold the flag. You, you could see that that was so that's a really interesting way of doing it and then after that when they were all gathered you see the, the women were very very worried the women and children at home were very worried that you know because that's what happens when uh, when an army is taken uh, when your people have been conquered and taken over then people start pillaging and raping and so on so they were really worried in their homes because maybe this news hadn't reached everybody, or maybe they did not trust it, or whatever the case was. They're waiting, nothing happened during the day. said, okay, maybe this is going to happen at night. Nothing happened during the night. Then when they went to the Kaaba for their meeting with the Prophet ﷺ, this is where in the seerah of Ibn Hisham it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ was there, subhanAllah, standing at the door of the Kaaba. And he said, La ilaha illallah. There is no God except Allah alone. There is no partner to Him. Allah has confirmed His promise. And He's assisted and helped His slave. And He has single-handedly alone defeated the troops. And then after that, he turned to the Quraysh and he said, Ya Ma'ashara Quraysh, O people of the Quraysh, Ma tarawna anni fa'ilun bikum, what do you think I'm going to do to you? And subhanAllah, that's amazing. I think they've seen the signs by now. They knew enough about him for, to say this. They said, Khayran, you're going to do good. Why? Because you're Akhun Kareem, you're a benevolent brother. Wa ibn Akhil Kareem. And you're also the son of a benevolent brother. 
So the Prophet ﷺ turned around to them and he says, You can go because you are all freed. I'm going to do exactly what my brother Yusuf ﷺ did to his brothers. You can, you're all free. This is how we're supposed to be. And you know, that, that's why when I go through something like this, if I have to say something, I'll say it. But then after that, I try not to keep it in the heart. Sometimes it might be difficult. Right? But if it's something that is not gonna that, that is not gonna affect you again, or even if it is, but the person has, you know, you want to be as forg- forgiving as possible because it just hurts you. Just because you forgive doesn't mean that you are not careful and you're not conscious of still what's going on, or that you're gonna allow people to walk all over you. No. It just means that you're not gonna do anything extra because of your hard feeling. Yes, you need to take measures, you need to defend yourself, you need to protect yourself, you need to look out for your interests. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you don't have to go over and beyond that. That's what's wrong and that's actually harmful to keep that kind of a grudge. Muawiyah used to say that, look, until you can actually do something, you need to make sabr anyway because you can't do anything. Until you're not in a position to do something and make a change, well, you have to do, you have to be patient anyway. And then when you actually receive the ability to do something, then just pardon and forgive. Pardon and forgive. You can't pardon and forgive before you're able to do something because you can't do something anyway. So at that time, you make sabr and patience. Now, as I said, you know, uh, we, we said that the important thing is to have an intention and the motivation that I want to be forgiven. Now, why would you want to be forgiven? Why would you want to forgive? Somebody's, you know, maybe done something against you, maybe they've not, maybe you thought they have done something or whatever. Well, because they say that the faster you can learn to forgive somebody, the faster Allah will forgive you on the day of judgment. I mean, for me, that's a massive incentive, subhanAllah. Like, you know, I don't want to be taken to task by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, I just don't want that to happen. So I'd rather forgive here so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees that in me. He knows that from me. And then he'll forgive me that, okay, maybe I'll just forgive this guy because he was forgiving others. Maybe just purely for that reason because we don't have much else to show. And what is important is that you have to learn to forgive. If it doesn't come naturally for you, then you have to learn to forgive. One needs to learn to forgive and open their hearts. Some people find that really, really, really tough. They hold grudges forever. And I've seen marriages break down because they didn't know how to apologize and forgive one another. Or at least one of the partners didn't. They just couldn't forgive. So they struggled with this really badly. That's why you have to learn to open the heart and say, look, Allah will forgive me. I'm going to just overlook it. I'm, I'm going to try not to remember it. I mean, physically, like I'm mentally, I'm trying not to remember it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves gentleness and benevolence. Allah absolutely loves gentleness and benevolence. May Allah grant us gentleness and benevolence in everything. Such a, such a major enemy like Pharaoh, who called himself the highest Lord. Ana rabbukumul a'la, he said. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you know, some of the most beloved people to him at that time, Musa alayhi salam and Harun alayhi salam, that go to, go to this Pharaoh, فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيِّنَا Speak gently to him. I mean, people would have thought that he needs anything but gentleness. He, he needs a whack on the head. But th- that wasn't the position. 
gentleness, what it can do is amazing. I was just reading an article by somebody because, you know, lots of people are losing their bags or their bags are delayed when they're flying because there's chaos at Heathrow or whatever. So there was an article by somebody that if you, if your bag doesn't come off the belt, what should you do? He said, well, you know, you might have this feeling that you need to go and take it out on the baggage handler and, and, and give them, you know, like a big piece of your mind. And uh, if you get angry, they'll be able to produce your, uh, their, your bags, you know, from behind the counter or something like that. He says, no, they're just probably employees. They didn't lose your bag. They're just employees. You know, they're just the, the contractor down there. The, the, the guys who lost your bags or delayed your bags were on the other airport. Right? It came on another flight or something. So these guys aren't going to be able to... He says, what really works here is the honey that works here. Where you talk to them nicely. So that, because at the end of the day, what these guys have to do is they, they're going to report. They're going to take a report, identification, and they're going to file the report. If you make them angry, they may not do that properly. Because they can't produce your bag, right? So if you talk to them gently and nicely, just that human compassion comes out. And they'll probably file a good report for you and maybe do something extra to try to make sure that your bag comes back on the next flight rather than the second flight. Or that they deliver it to you to your house or something. Um, similar, similar idea just coming to mind that even when you go to wake up our young children or middle age, uh, sorry, like youth, when they're, when they're teenagers for salat, for example. I mean, you can start off by saying, get out of bed. There's only five minutes left. Um, the other one is to, you know, talk nicely and start off with that. At the end of the day, there's different ways of doing these things. And uh, just one or two more points. In the story of Ashabul Kahf, the people of the Kahf, the people of the cave, it's very interesting that when they woke up finally and they wanted to send somebody to the market to buy something, he says uh, a few words were said in there. And one of the words was, Waliyatalattaf. They were telling the person that was going to go out to buy something with the coins that they had, Waliyatalattaf, Walayushiranna bikum ahada. And be compassionate, take it easy, be gentle. So even in there, that, that, there, there is advice of being gentle there. Because remember the people, they, they, were, they, they were supposed to be in hiding. So he's saying that just be careful, don't show any kind of aggression or anything like that. And interestingly, this word, you must have come across it, right? How many of you have come across this word, and it rings a bell for you? Those of you who are used to reading uh, you know, many of the Mus'hafs and Qur'ans that we have, that the one word which is larger than any other word in the Qur'an generally is وَلْيَتَلَطَّفْ in, in, in Surah Al-Kahf, which apparently marks the absolute midway point in terms of number of words or whatever of the whole Qur'an. It's وَلْيَتَلَطَّفْ. That's, you can say, the midpoint of the Qur'an is وَلْيَتَلَطَّفْ, which means then be gentle. And what's really interesting is that out of all the limbs of our body that we use to communicate, the, the tongue is probably the most important limb. And the tongue doesn't have a bone in it. Right? The tongue doesn't have a bone in it. There's no, nothing hard about the tongue. So why should we make the tongue harsh? If there's nothing hard about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made our tongue so amazingly wonderful that it's just a piece of flesh with no bone. And... It can do so much. So why make it hard? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made it hard either. 
So, just to wrap this up, the main thing is that we have to have an intention to be different. I no longer want to harbor lots of grief and sadness and hatred and rancor and enmity and jealousy and other things against people. And I want to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Ya Allah, help me to remove this. And I want to be more gentle in my approach and more forgiving in my approach and more open-hearted in my approach. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to do that. And may Allah make us better people. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.